So welcome to Deconstructing Health and Fitness with Chris Wilkins and Elizabeth Hefner. We're going to take a look at a lot of things going on in health and fitness today, and we're going to decide whether or not they're actually useful, whether they apply to you, or whether they're really taking you in the wrong direction. So over a decade of coaching, clients led me to believe that the only way for people to experience lasting change is for them to understand their habits and systems they have currently in place and move from there. I apply a scientific approach to that. We change a thing. We look at how it works. We decide if it's working or not, and then we change something else and we repeat. You can't just coach one aspect of health and fitness. You have to coach them all at once. It's been a minute because I moved state and we had a little break, but we're back. And today we wanted to talk a little bit about Noom, which is if you haven't heard about it or haven't been marketed to buy it already, it's a Well, it's purported to be a revolutionary weight loss app that's going to help you not just manage your calorie intake, but it's also going to change your life and your entire psychology. There are definitely parts of this that are heading in the right direction. You can see that, you know, mainstream fitness is heading towards a more mindset focused um, approach to helping people with weight loss, which is good, right? This is great. However, I think having downloaded the app and looked through it and talked to some other people who are doing it. It's interesting. I've got um, quite a few friends who are doing Noom and they love it. And they're saying, oh, wow, well, it's really different than everything else I've tried. And so I thought it would be super fun today to talk about what that actually looks like. Why do people feel like it's different? And, you know, is it, is it really something that's taking a giant step forward? I mean, like we could talk about it from the point of view too, of when heart rate monitors, wrist heart rate monitors first came out on um, like fitness watches and stuff. And they were super inaccurate. (laughs) It's going to be a while until they're as accurate as a chest strap or, you know, a medical device. Cause I love to have something wrapped around my tits while I'm doing hardcore working out. Well, I think it's definitely a size matters issue with the uh, chest strap, isn't it? So I guess that makes sense. For me, I'm just like, that would look really weird. I'd look like I had four boobs. <laughs> so how long, so the people in your life who have used Noom and love it, how long have they been using it for on average, would you say? I think this is where it gets kind of interesting again, is that it, nobody's been using it for long enough to say if it's a long-term solution or not. And I think it's heading in the direction of trying to be a more long-term solution. But what I find, you know, and you brought it up earlier when we were not recording, this idea of like, as a marketer, their marketing was so good, it almost even got you, right? And you, you know yeah. how it works. And you were still like, oh, really? Maybe I should. Yeah, because they're playing on my pain points. Right. And they, wow. they're, they're really good at Also, they're just saturating social media and podcasts i just hear about noom everywhere yeah and that i think is part of their success right it's part of why it's catching on because there is no replacement for fantastic marketing i mean this is why you know we all remember all those jingles from cartoons when we were kids kids we could sing them all you know pick one right everybody knows who tony the tiger is everybody has they're great right and the, you know, we could for a second talk about how those were marketed to athletes, right? Like, oh wow. my God, yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, milk, milk is still being endorsed by like freaking ninja warriors and shit. Yeah, and so there's tremendous, tremendous money and power behind the psychology that they're using 
to convince you that this is different. And I think that's where it would be interesting to sort of really genuinely review it and say, what is different about it? And what isn't? Oh, like, well, like we buy into it just so we can review it. But I periodically actually do this. Like if I have um, colleagues or people who are coming up with apps or information or whatever, I absolutely sign up. I click on those links when I see it, like lose 30 pounds in 30 minutes. And you usually need to take one fruit as a tea. And you'll just imagine, I absolutely click on all that stuff because it's really, really important to understand how people are being approached about health. Oh, yeah. And then sure. what's enticing people? What's hitting pain points? What is the, what is the marketing strategy du jour that's <clears throat> tapping into the current mentality around improving someone's health and fitness? I think these things are super important. So I actually I mean, downloaded Noom already. I did. I did download. Have it. you worked through? Have you worked through it? Um, no, but I actually I uninstalled it a few months ago because I had seen it and thought, oh, this is an interesting new take on stuff. But I'm going to do it right now while we're on the podcast because I want to go through the intake process. What I took away from their marketing was like nothing worked for me for all my life until I downloaded Noom and now I lost a hundred pounds. Well, I I think what's really scary about that using that as an approach is that that has now become the next thing everybody says, which means when you do find something genuine or something that might actually help you make real lasting change, you don't believe in it because it's the boy who cried wolf. You've heard that so many times. That you're like, yeah, yeah. And I actually find when I have to say to people, people will be like, hey, what do you do? You know, new people I'm meeting because I live in a new state. People are like, what do you do? And I don't want to say I'm a nutrition coach. I don't want to say it because it now comes with all of this baggage about what I'm probably yeah. about. You know, I'm probably going to tell them never to eat carbs. And I'm always obviously perfect with my own nutrition, which is demonstrably not true. And I, you know... I know it all and they should be ashamed. And I think this is such a scary, bad direction that this uh, is taken in the industry that people don't even trust the people who are out there genuinely trying to help them. And they can't tell who's there. Yeah. And when it's hard, it's so hard because we live in this culture where it feels just like everyone's trying to make a buck and they'll literally tell you anything just to get your money versus yeah. people who are trying to make money Uh, which is understandable, but they also take great pride in their knowledge and their job and their, um, their, their duty to help others for marketing. I think like I have, I have a duty to help these people and to help them intelligently and be honest with them and not just be a, like a yaya cheerleader, you know? Yeah. Yaya, rah, rah. That's what I meant. I think it, I think it becomes really a, a slippery slope. Where do you draw the line? Because, and I do believe that the vast majority of people who get into health and fitness in the industry are out there to help people. I don't think there are a lot of people out there who fundamentally believe that what they're selling or what they're doing is bad or wrong or going to send people in the wrong direction. There's definitely some. There's some everywhere. But <clears throat> I think it, again, we talked about this in previous podcasts. I think on the one with Ken Vick, we talked a little bit about the knowledge discrepancies between different professionals and. And not even just that there's like holes, but people aren't getting the same information. There's no consistency of training being offered to health and fitness professionals. You know, you've got some, it's better than it used to be. You've got NASM and ACE and some of the bigger certifications who are really trying to level the playing field and and create a, a foundation and a standard. But that doesn't mean that just because you found somebody on Google or their Instagram famous, that they've got any of that knowledge behind them. 
yet they're just equally convinced that what they're telling you is the right thing for you and that it's going to work. So their personal conviction is there, but it's hard to know what you don't know. And, you know, I'm, I'm saying that from a position of knowing that I don't know a lot. There's a lot I don't know. I mean, it's, I would, I would love to have several lifetimes to go through and like get a PhD in six different things, but I just, in my belief system, you, you have several lifetimes to just, right. Maybe I do. Maybe you do. Except what's unfortunate is that the credits don't carry over to your next <laughs> life and your next yeah. body. You have to re-get all the uh, accolades Lame. and everything. Lame. Why do I keep getting sent back to level one? I don't like it. <laughs> or are you? I, are you level I one? Maybe, I'm Maybe level one was a slug and Maybe. now you're a human. <laughs> Good job. No I mean, it is level one and the slug is level 50. Who knows, right? Oh, Ooh. coming on blow my mind. So deep. <laughs> All right, anyways, I've got the app downloaded. And the first screen is asking me to put my name and my age and my height in. And then there's this little tag underneath that says bio. So this is actually quite clever. What they've done here is because it's like, hey, introduce yourself to us. Tell us about you. And this is a new approach. I mean, new in the last five ish years when you are going to sign up for any kind of weight loss tracker or anything is the social aspect of it, right? Is like, hey, we're going to personalize this to the absolute best of our ability while still using an impersonal device. Yeah. So that's quite clever. Because if I was really genuinely looking for help and wanting support, I would already feel like, oh, they want to know about me. That's great. And the next page is And what's also really interesting is the baseline for weight that it's set in here is a lot higher than it used to be, which means they're in tune with probably the average client that they're um, addressing. Wait, you mean? Yeah, the default weight weight that it's set in here is making assumptions about me because you have to set a default weight when you you code this out, right? For the screen to pop up. I wonder, is it a default weight for your height or just for because you're a woman? Well, who knows? It could be a combo of both at this point, but they've set it at about 191, sorry, 190 pounds um, for my weight because they're making an assumption that if I'm signing up, I've probably got about 40 to 50 pounds that I would like to lose because in the past, wow. if you signed up for my fitness pal like 10 years ago and you went in, the benchmark weight that was there was 130 pounds. And then I just like smashed the app. I'm just like, <laughs> fuck you. Right. But that actually, but what if we're talking about Noom approaching this from a different point of view psychologically, this is two emotional ways where they're doing it already. It's right. Smart. It's subtle. Yeah. It's subtle, but it's really, really smart because of the fact that the chances of their they figured out who their target audience is and they're, they're actually creating the opposite of pain points, right? They're creating comfort and they're creating, and they're creating all these things that make you feel safe. Right. Yeah. Now the next page, this is quite interesting actually, because the next page says, what's your target weight? And it gives me a little bar that gives me my healthy weight range below. And for my height for five foot, four inches, my healthy weight range starts at, 109 pounds and goes to 138 pounds. Now, just as a person who is very dense and muscular and has been her whole life, like the only time I've ever weighed under 140 pounds, um, I was extremely unhealthy 
and <laughs> people were trying to feed me. You know, when I got down to about 132 pounds, <clears throat> which is one of the lowest weights I ever achieved, I was at <clears throat> my voice. <laughs> Even my voice doesn't want to talk about this dark time. It's like, um, I don't like this. You're triggered. <laughs> no, but it, uh, I was about 14% body fat. Jesus. And I, I was no longer menstruating and my hair was falling out. Uh, it's the famous, you know, carrot story where I yelled at my husband for bringing carrots home. Because um, they're too starchy. They were, they had too many carbs. He just threw it at his head. Are bad. And so, you know, having been through that, looking at this weight range now, if I weighed 190 pounds and I put this app in and it told me that I needed to lose this much weight, I think this would absolutely trigger me and in a way that they want to, right? Because where did they get this weight range? How are they calculating that? They're not taking into yeah. account muscle mass or bone density or these things. This is a random weight range. And it's actually so quite it didn't ask you. It didn't ask you anything about like your body type or are you like a power lifter? Do you no. happen to be a power lifter and, or, and weigh like a lot because of all your muscle? Like no. nothing. Nothing. And so, you know, having been athletic my whole life, <laughs> I was screaming past 115 very, very early on, you know, but. It, it blows my mind. My anorexic weight was 139. It's the lowest oh, I ever God. weighed. 139 at like six feet tall. I don't know. People are like, well, you know, supermodels weigh like 120 at six feet tall. And, you know, and for some people, that's actually an okay weight. That's why there's a range. It's not about like, this is good or bad. It's about like, how appropriate is it for you and your body? And mm -hmm. I think this is where, this is such a huge, huge mental trap for women, um, particularly. And I'm seeing more men falling into it in the past few years, but definitely we've carried this around forever with, as women is that, you know, there's this range of weights I, I am acceptable at and outside of that range of weights I am unacceptable on every mm -hmm. level and this is this is actually very very standard so far so they started out pretty strong with like kind of trying to give you a few carrots if they really want to get to know you and setting you at a, a weight that they thought was going to be um you know their target market weight um, but now all of a sudden we're right back into some somewhat in my opinion unhealthy very, very broad assumptions about what you should weigh at five foot four. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, and triggering. I mean, for a lot of people, I think that can be incredibly triggering. Like just to let you know, you're um, this is where you're, like you said, acceptable. This is where you're okay, but don't feel good until you get there. Well, I think one of the things here too is that the only measure of health it's using is your weight. And any, yeah, any which is bullshit. App, any weight loss or diet app that is only going to take that metric of you is probably not getting the whole picture. I mean, it's. I mean, I could drink coffee and smoke cigarettes all day and be <laughs> a lot, a lot lighter. Yeah. And just stop, stop working out and just like be a lot lighter. And if that makes you happy, great. Okay, like I'm not here to say there's only one way to live your life. You know, actually, Krista Scott Dixon posted this really great thing on the continuum of achievement the other day and, and high achievers and the sacrifices and the trade-offs that they make in order to accomplish these amazing things, right? They have family consequences. They have health consequences. They have all of these other things that we like to overlook in the face of like great achievement. 
Um, and it, her point was fantastic because it, as usual, it was fantastic in my opinion, again, because this is all about my opinion, I guess. But the, the thing about it is like, you get to choose. You get to choose. Nobody can tell you what's right for you. And I'm not trying to tell you that Noom is wrong for you here. I'm trying to point out some of the potential pitfalls of this. And, and they're touting themselves as a very, very different approach to weight loss. And so far, um, I'm not... I'm not sure if I can say that I feel the same way about it. And so now the next screen, it says, choose your program intensity. Now, after it's just told me I need to lose 60 pounds to be acceptable, I've got three choices here. I've got easy, average, or intense. And I'm obviously going to choose intense because who wants yeah. to do the easy path? I'm not going to do that. I want this weight off now. That's why I signed up for I this, want this I want my life to be changed instantaneously. Yeah. Which is interesting because one of the things in their marketing is long-term sustainability. Which um, it sounds like if you're balls to the walls uh, right away from the get-go, that sustainability is going to be a little tricky. Kind of like if you start off a 500-mile marathon, like just full out. Well, and it's funny you bring up marathons because endurance and distance events like that, actually one of the first things you're taught is not to start out of the gate fast. Like those people who rush off the line, who get the starting line jitters and just bolt, they usually tank. And that's actually one of the first things if you hire a coach for any of these sports, they'll tell you, like, you need to set a pace you can maintain. And so yeah. it's not just about food. It's about just general achievement across yeah. the board, right? So I'm going to pick intense anyway, because I'm playing the role of what their target market is, right? I'm not, yeah, I didn't put my sure. actual weight in, I didn't put my actual target in, I put my actual aging, because I wanted to give their algorithms a fighting chance. Um, but I'm going to put intense in, because I think that this is really what most people are going to put in. For sure. Um, okay, now I need to sign up with my email. So I'm just going to do that, because I have an email I use for this kind of thing anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Because I do do this a lot. You know, I really do like to keep. Well, it's important, man. It, it's really important, obviously, to the field that you're in. And, you know, I really admire that you do this and you do that legwork and see what's out there instead of like, oh, that's just bullshit, you know? Well, I think it's because using precision nutrition as a platform and a foundation, it it really is about being a diet agnostic. And so I have people who come in and they don't want to follow the PN method. They want to follow their own diet plan. And if I don't understand it or know what it is, then how can I be effective? I can't really. Yeah. So understanding that, you know, the, the pros and the cons of each of these different methodologies is really, really critical. So now the next page actually says get long-term results. <laughs> but I'm going super hard at it. So Noom's course gives you the motivation and guidance to make a true lifestyle change. You'll get a personalized health plan from your dedicated coach, a 24 seven support and motivation. The number one scientifically recognized sustained weight loss solution. Hmm. All right. Num wait, the number one scientifically what? I already clicked past it. Oh, that just seemed like- um, I'm just excited. I'd have to like think about that claim, but okay. Well, there's a lot of really interesting claims on that last page, but yeah. we're going to go on and we're going we're gonna to get to the goods. And all so, the scientists, Chris, are like, yes, Noom works. All the scientists. So it says Noom creates long-term results through habit and behavior change, not restrictive dieting. And it's got a little graph to show me the difference between restrictive diet, how you first you lose weight and then you like basically you fall off the wagon and then you gain it all back. But with Noom, you maintain it. And this is up to oh, nine wow. months. 
And so it says 78% of new users sustained weight loss over nine months in a 2016 study by Nature Research and there are 35,000, 36,000 participants essentially. So that's actually a pretty good group. But again, when we look at these kinds of claims and statements, we want to ask ourselves like, who is Nature Research? Were they paid by Noom to fund this research? Who actually funded that study? Because you, it's really, really important to understand where the money's coming from when you read scientific yeah. studies, because this is such a common technique of marketers as well. Sorry, Liz, mm -hmm. bash marketing for two seconds, but like, <laughs> I can say anything is scientifically founded. If I fund a study and the study says yeah. what I want, I can then do that. You can see this with cigarette companies in the past. You see this with um, CAS and guns and all of these other major, major conglomerates that we have. Um, this is a known technique this is not news also taking uh, a weird sample size like taking a really really specific small sample size a very specific demographic like there's yeah. all sorts of ways to bullshit the public yeah. well and to actually sound more credible than you necessarily are and it can get quite tricky yeah. because and you see this a lot i see lots of people on facebook being like well i did my research it's like okay that's awesome. I love that people are interested in learning and that they're out there trying to find things out, but how good are your sources and how do you know how to vet them? Like, yeah. who's taught you how to do that? And if somebody has been fantastic, please start teaching other people. But it's awfully dangerous to say, I've done my research when, you know, you may or may not have the foundation you need to vet credibility things yeah this is one of those like this now appears super legit because i'm oh there was a study and they said it was great so it must oh, be oh wow percent of people that's that's a majority hurrah okay so next page okay so women in their 40s who want to reach an ideal weight between 134 and 154 pounds need a slightly different strategy depending on their current lifestyle which best describes you my diet and activity need a lot of work said no client i have ever had ever no one has ever said that to me it doesn't matter what they weigh it doesn't matter who they are i have never had anybody walk in the door and say i everything i'm doing sucks <laughs> really that actually no. surprises me um that's really because that we don't really like to surprises me but we don't like to believe that we're not doing a good job of things. We have confirmation bias, right? So it's like, well, yeah. I'm doing pretty well, but I could probably work on my exercise. Or, well, I really don't eat super well, but I run it five days a week, so it's fine. Like, this is what you hear. You don't ever hear. So this, and this is the way they structure three-part questions as well. Like, and we're trained in sales for this as well as marketing. But when you're selling a product, you give three options. You give the low option, you give the high option. What you're selling is the middle one. Yeah. Hands down, it's true. because that's the one that's going to get you the most like money. That's probably got the biggest margin on it. It's the one most people are going to be able to afford and buy. This is why you price it this way. You have your Rolls Royce package and you have your like super budget package, but you want everybody buying that middle one. So let's see yeah. if it holds true. Here are the three options. My diet and activity need a lot of work. Option two, I have some healthy habits. I mostly eat well and stay active are the three options. So, I mean, that holds. So, that holds I bet a lot of people would just choose the middle one mm -hmm. or the top one. 100%. This is what they want. Okay. As a woman in your 40s, this is specific. specific. <laughs> why, why is that word always troublesome for me? I always say it's a stupid word. Specific. 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 
whatever. My daughter's favorite one is sarcastic instead of sarcastic. She's like, don't be sarcastic. And I'm like, oh, spirit fingers. You know, she's always like, that's, that's amazing. I want to be sarcastic. <laughs> right, sarcastic. I'm famous. So, all right. The next one is, as a woman in your 40s, the specific combination of foods you eat can have a huge impact on your ability to burn fat. Uh, which of the following best describes your typical lunch? I tend to eat sandwiches or wraps. I tend to eat soups and salads or other. What is right. other? Oh. Yeah. I tend else. to eat ice cream with French fries dipped in my ice cream. Other. <laughs> mm. Actually. Sounds good. I know. That's salty girl. sweet. I'm pretty hungry. I've been working my Me butt. too. Oh. Like my hunger is like rawr. Okay, so I'm gonna go. I tend to eat soups and salads because I feel like, again, if we're going target market people, people who are downloading this app have probably tried other things before and probably think these are the best things. In addition to what you eat, how often you eat can impact your metabolism. Which of the following best describes your typical day? Uh, I almost always eat three or less meals. I always eat at least three meals plus several snacks. It depends. Sometimes less than three, sometimes more than three. Mm. I don't fall into any, it's like personally as me as a person. I don't fall into any of these. <laughs> I eat, I have four eating opportunities a day, like pretty much. That's it. So none of these work for me. So let's just yeah. do one again. Oh, now we got a little marketing blip. Sticking to a plan can be hard, but new makes it easy. Like really? It's just, app. just easy. People who use new and adopt a healthy lifestyle can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Great. Do you have any specific, significant, but I said specific, right? It's a win for me. <laughs> Do you have any significant back issues? Eh, no. Oh, health questions. Okay, well, that's good. So heart disease, the big ones. I'm going to put... Oh, none. I'm going to put none. Have you been diagnosed or received treatment for diabetes? No. Have you taken any antibiotic medication in the last years? Well, that's interesting. Any guesses why they got that in there? I know why. Any antibiotic medicines in the last few years? Two years, yeah. Two? Why? What? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Can you guess? I know why. But Antibiotic medicines in the last two years so what's a huge amount of research coming out in the last five ten years that about i don't know gut biome so this is because uh, when you take an antibiotic you're carpet bombing all the bacteria in your body essentially right or so yeah and therefore if you're taking antibiotics regularly or have done a really hard course of antibiotics you've altered fundamentally your gut biome and therefore your digestion and while there is definitely definitely some truth in this i would say it's a bit like exploring mars you know we know it's a planet <laughs> you know it's red and we got some fun pictures of it but i'm not quite sure we're really really accurate about what's what there's definitely been more and more specific strains of bacteria identified as healthy versus like unhealthy. And I use those terms super loosely um, in the last couple of years, but this is an interesting twist because they're so far, they've been pretty stock standard in the like restrictive diet questionnaire boxes for saying that they're not a restrictive diet. So this is quite interesting. And it's actually a good step 
um, to see yeah. we're even considering the impact of what we eat on how we digest. So that's good. So I'm going to say no, because I haven't. Well, they're bringing up the fact that I'm in my 40s again, which is starting to get a little prickly. I don't need that thrown in my face every 30 seconds. <laughs> I know it's true. I got carded. Check this out. So in Colorado, in Boulder County, uh-huh. which is where I now live because I don't live in LA anymore. Yay! Yay! I went to the Trader Joe's because it's like home and I'm not going to live without Trader Joe's, obviously. And Trader Joe's like was founded on wine, right? Like that was the whole thing that started Trader Joe's. Well, I mean, why would you go to why why would you go to Trader Joe's if you're not gonna freaking get wine and peruse the cheese section? There's so no much cheese. There's no wine in Trader Joe's here because Wait, they have like wine? these restrictions to protect small alcohol stores, like small liquor stores and small businesses. So Trader Joe's didn't have any wine. They only beer, which I didn't actually notice the first time because I was actually Wait. in for beer. They had beer and not wine? They had beer and not wine. They can't sell wine or spirits. So I was like, wow, that's crazy. But that's why. And then so I bring up my six-pack of beer to the counter, right? Because it was our first night in the house. And we were just like, yay, we're going to have a beer. And the lady's like, can I see your ID? And I was like, oh, well, I left it in the car. And she was like, oh, well, I can't sell it to you. And I was like, but I doubled the age. I'm 42. Like, did I double? And she was like, well, it doesn't matter if Boulder County, Boulder County, um, like law, you, I, I have to scan your ID or I can't sell you this no matter how, how oh, old. Yeah. And she was like, she was in her sixties and she's like, they need to card me. And I'm like, wow. So I had to put my celebration beer back. It was quite sad. <laughs> oh. I lived, whatever. Our realtor gave us a, a bottle of champagne. So we just drank that instead. But wow. Oh. Well, it's weird. Just that I say from from living in LA where I could go get all the hard liquor I wanted at Target <laughs> here also in North Carolina you can buy beer and wine at stores but you cannot buy hard liquor except at really creepy like skeezy liquor stores that make me uncomfortable yeah. to go into yeah that's where I'm thinking of joining a wine club at this point because I don't want to go into those liquor stores anyway you should yeah I mean I don't drink that much anyway so okay Anywho, the next one is which best describes the area you live in because environment plays a major role in your ability to lose weight. This is true. I like this, right? Okay, yes, you've got three options. The country, the suburbs, or a major city. Well, I'm kind of in the suburbs of the country, so I guess I'll go somewhere. What if you live in the lollipop forest? Will that affect your... uh... Probably. Way less well, this is a huge thing we work on, right? We worked a lot on environment talking about that. I mean, you ended up moving because of your environment and how it was affecting I know I hike right? all the time. I just go out in the woods and I'm like, I love you trees. <laughs> I love you trees. So it's telling <laughs> me that this is the last weight loss program I'll ever need. And wow, based really? On answers, based on my answers, I will be 144 pounds by December 24th. So I'm going to be my goal weight by Christmas. Wow. And it's in so Christmas easy week. and it's easy and not, it's not going to uh, be hard. Okay. So please take your time. answering. This is actually quite involved, which is good. And they're asking a lot of questions that didn't used to be factored in, which means they are taking into account lifestyle and behavior things. Right. So have any life events led to weight gain in the last few years? Okay. So they've got lots of things. Marriage That's a good question. Injury, busier work and family life, slower metabolism, which they don't have one, COVID. They don't have COVID. Slow metabolism thing. Oh, that. 
that's just that's the only one I'm going to call bullshit on in here. Like yeah. you don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. This, so yeah. they don't have an option for a major pandemic. No. <laughs> pandemic. Because that's, that's pretty sure the reason most people gained weight over this last year. Well, I mean, I would call it stress or mental health, right? So let's put injury and stress or mental health because I've had two surgeries and my mental health has been injured. So how long has it been since you were at your ideal weight? Oh, okay. So it gives you some timeline. So it's getting an idea. Oh, and now it's asking you what other things you have tried in the past. Wait, is it giving you, does it give you the option of being like, I've never been at my ideal weight? It didn't. That's well, let me kind of that. triggering. Like they're assuming that everyone, like everyone were were at they were at their their ideal weight and then somehow got away from it. How about people who have never been there? Well, this this strategy again, this is a this is a psychology tool slash marketing tactic, right? I want you to think back to a past time when you were truly happy at your weight, and then you know we'll conjure up what you were doing at that time that was working for you. And you know, there's some validity there, but also it's not super useful because you may not be able to achieve those same things in your life. Now, like when I was at my, what I'm gonna say is like my ideal weight of like 132 pounds, which was like ridiculous for me as a person now in hindsight, like I look at that and if I was to idealize that, I would have to absolutely jettison 90% 90% of my current life in order to go back to achieving that because I was yeah. on foot. I didn't have a car. I was living in a foreign country where I didn't really eat a lot of the food. I was cooking all of my meals from scratch at home because I was poor. Um, I was working out 15 hours a week on top of the fact that I was walking everywhere. I mean, <laughs> I didn't eat carbs, but if I did that, I would have literally no friends at this point in my life, I would never be allowed to hang out with anybody else. And I would probably sleep all the time. So it does not sound worth it. Well, for, for, for me. me, going back to the Krista Scott Dixon post about trade-offs, right? That was a time in my life where I was willing and able to make those trade-offs and they were absolutely worth it to me. Yeah. But that's not where I am now. So hearkening back to a time when I was my ideal weight may not actually be super productive to help me get where I want to go now. Yeah, I can't change. Sure. I'm not going to like not have my kid anymore or my husband or any of these things that I'm happy with, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. So seriously, that's interesting. So now they're asking about which fall of the following weight loss programs you've used in the last 12 months. And actually Noom is on here. They listed themselves. That's uh, good. None. I'm just going to put none. Have you attempted any of the following in the past? Gym membership, restrictive dieting, prescription medication or procedure paid meal plans none of the above just for well fresh i love fresh now it's asking about some of these other mental health apps that are out there like calm i don't know if you've heard of calm or yes i downloaded that at one point headspace calm better help talk space lots of other different things happify i've never heard of that one that's interesting I like I downloaded that too. I downloaded anything to help me feel better about well, something life. Really interesting just happened, which is when I clicked through and I said I hadn't had any of those things, it just dialed back my um, my goal weight date by 15 days. It's now telling me that I will be my weight 
that my ideal weight by December 10th because I don't have any mental health complications. So that's interesting. Okay. Okay, let's keep going. Okay. <laughs> do you relate to the statement below? I know what I should be doing to lose weight, but I need a way to do it that fits into my life. Of course I identify with that. Has your weight ever affected your ability to socialize or engage with friends and family? Sometimes. Pick the middle statement. Do you relate to the statement below? I need some outside motivation when I'm feeling overwhelmed. It can be easy to give up. These are all very leading and they're identifying really like, are you a good fit for this app? Because they're generating like infomercials where it's like, have you ever noticed how hard it is to mop your floor? Yeah, oh my God, I have. It's really hard to mop my floor. Well, we've got a mop for you. It'll basically do yeah. it yourself. So that's interesting. Uh, all right. Do you relate to the statement below? I've been thinking about weight loss for a while, but life is so busy, I find myself putting convenience first. Of course, that's what happens to me. Yeah. What do you want to focus on first when you plan? Nutrition, physical activity, building good habits, other. Please provide additional information. Wait, how are those different? Good Building good habits and new... What? <laughs> Oh, what should we pick? Wait, give, give me them again. It was nutrition, good physical habits. Activity, physical activity, building good habits for other. Building good habits, I guess. All right, well, let's go with that. But you had such a PN answer. You've been so... I know, I know. Nutrition experience. Do you have any physical limitations? Do you have any dietary restrictions or food allergies? Let's say I'm lactose intolerant. Oh, I was dialing back my date even farther now. It's telling me by Thanksgiving, I'll be my goal weight. Because I don't know. I can't see what I put in there that would have changed the date. So I guess on, by being lactose intolerant, they're all like, you don't eat dairy. It didn't, me, it didn't actually ask me to put in what my dietary um, restrictions oh. are. This only takes 10 minutes a day. We'll give you daily articles that focus on learning, not dieting. What does that sound like? We're going to change your relationship with food. There are no good foods and bad foods. Just green, yellow, and red based on caloric density. <gasps> wow. And the best part, you can still eat what you want. I'm wowing not because that's like revolutionary or I'm being sarcastic. If you mess up, that's okay. No one is perfect and we all fall off the wagon. There's no wagon. We'll help you get back on track. Is that like the wagon when you're crossing the, from coming from the East Coast to the West Coast for, you know, like the Oregon land? That's it. <laughs> I was like, you know, Little House on the Prairie, you know? Is that where that statement came from? Falling off the wagon? <laughs> I don't actually know. It might be probably some really dark thing led to that thing. Let's not think too hard about it. So yeah. Like, oh, we used to lose children over the side somewhere around Missouri. <laughs> it's like, oh. Well, you got to lighten things up for the horses. So that was quite interesting. And here's what I'll say is that, and, you know, again, I say this as somebody who is precision nutrition certified and has been for almost a decade at this point, um, Back about 10 years ago, Precision Nutrition was the only platform t 
talking about any of those things, talking about red, yellow, or green light foods, talking about no good or bad foods, talking about fixing your relationship with food. This is the kind of stuff I used to get like laughed out of the gym for when I would talk to my clients. I would talk to other personal trainers and say, this is what I'm working on nutrition-wise with my clients. And they'd be like, well, that's stupid. Why don't you just build a meal plan? And so it's really, really interesting to see how things have changed and how this is now a mainstream marketed app and it's talking yeah. about things. So that's, but I don't know how they handle it yet because I haven't gone that far through. Yeah. That's actually either very, very good or very, very deceptive because they also yeah. there are no good or bad foods, but then you, if you fall off the wagon, it's okay. That's contradictory. That is, that is contradictory. It's you're, it, yeah. Hmm. hmm. Noom uses behavioral therapy to help you achieve sustained weight loss. When it comes to cognitive behavioral therapy, you are an expert, curious, uncertain. Oh, I'm curious. Let's record your curiosity. The next few questions will let us learn more about you. Oh my gosh, this is really detailed. And that's actually a good thing. Uh, you know, I, one of my biggest beef with a lot of previous weight loss things, and you know, like the big, the big companies like Weight Watchers and Jenny Craig actually have done more um, on this end than some of the others that are out there. But you know, you're still combining it with highly restrictive eating and rules that may or may not be applicable to everybody else in your family. Um, okay. So I'm just going to buzz through this because this is getting really long. I feel like we've been going through this intake for eternity. But it's for a life changing. That's sustainable. Now it's talking about my activity and nutrition and my motivation. How motivated are you to reach your target weight? Oh gosh. I'm so ready. Obviously. Obviously. Um, I mean, I'm ready at this moment. Gosh. Okay. Do you have an apartment event coming up? Holiday, wait, vacation, wedding, summer, reunion, birthday. I'm going to have the best birthday suit ever. When is his birthday? Oh, wow, it's asking me. So it's actually tuned pretty reasonably to um, what you're answering. How confident are you in reaching your target weight by November 14th? I'm uncertain, but willing to try. Or, okay. And it's asking you about concerns. Just going to type some in really quickly. When do you typically feel an urge to grab a snack? Who says I snack? I don't snack. And there's no option to not snack, to say I don't snack. They just assume everyone snacks. Yeah. Which I mean, honestly, again, target demographic. And not that snacking is necessarily bad, but when we talk about, we've, I don't know if we've talked about snacking on the podcast before. You and I have talked about snacking before. But this idea of like, I need food in between food is an well, interesting I cultural mean, thing. I guess you would just count your fourth meal as a snack. <laughs> you can. I mean, I could say I have three meals and a snack. That's fine. I mean, yeah. But the whole term snack is, is problematic. Um, that's probably a whole It should be canceled. Time. Let's cancel snacks. <laughs> <laughs> snacks? That's sad. What do you want to explore? Um, 
everything. I'm going to do everything. Oh, stress, energy, nutrition, everything. Everything. Now it's talking about yo-yo diets and restrictive diets. This is why they fail. I'd really like to just at this point get going. But it's asking me what gym I go to. How busy are you? Uh, I cook my own meals. Now I'm actually answering for the things I do. Let's see what's going to happen. I want to go as fast as possible. A goal without a plan is just a wish. Did you know setting small goals allows for more frequent wins? That sounds a lot like PN too, doesn't it? Yeah, it also sounds like duh, but I like the way they phrase it, I guess. Ah, so now it's asking me to set other goals besides weight loss, which is actually, that's good. Um, because we talk yeah. about this, like we talk about outcome versus behavior goals. And so this is still an outcome goal. They haven't quite gotten to a behavior goal yet, but they might on the next screen. So I'm not going to judge them yet, but you know, yeah. I K, be able to do outdoor activities, feel comfortable and confident in my body, feel healthier. These are all still behavior, sorry, they're still outcome goals. And they're very fluid. Something like feel comfortable and confident in my body. Like, <laughs> that that mean? <laughs> well, and that's actually what's problematic about it is like, great. That's the first of the five whys. Like, why is that important to you? And what does it look like? Um, yeah. so they're, they're moving along the continuum of doing the right things. So that's good. Um, well, I would consider the right things, I guess, but I'm not. I, I'm obviously not the only way to do this either. There's a thousand ways to do this. And maybe this, this is fantastic for some people. They don't need a one-on-one coach. Um, I'm going to do run a 5K because that's at least the most tangible goal. And now I'm getting reinforced again with some more marketing by different medical journals that have supported Moom. Where did you hear about us? So they're asking about me. I'm going to say Instagram. Oh, wow. it's a lot of options. Yeah, they, they're everywhere. Everywhere. Now, analyzing my demographic profile sit tight we're building a perfect plan so this is all before i've paid any money yeah because you gotta go through all this hard work um because you're not gonna just turn back once they off once they ask you to pay well but it's also legitimizing what they're doing right this is a tactic personal trainers and health coaches have used forever it's first first session's free yeah I, i actually this is actually really important because um you know, I want people to be really confident if they sign up for services with me that they're going to get where they want to go. Like, I don't want anybody to sign up before they're sure. Yeah. So this is not bad, but it's, I can see how it inspires confidence that it's going to be different because it is yeah. than previous weight loss app, apps that I've seen. Okay. Maybe we get a plan now. It's only been 35 minutes. How long has this been? Based on my answer, we've created a personalized plan. Now, okay, to be fair, this is far more personalized than what you're going to get with my fitness pal. This is more personalized than what you're going to get with a lot of online nutrition coaches who are going to write you a meal plan. This is more personalized than, you know, probably a fair amount of nutrition coaches would do in person with you. Um, And that's super global generalization, right? It's not necessarily the case everywhere. But it's now dialed back my my destination weight loss date to November 14th. So I've it's actually cut an entire month off of how long they think it's going to take me to lose the weight that I want to lose, which is 40, 
41 pounds. It actually has calculated. I kind of randomly put that stuff in, but it says 41 pounds. So it's telling me I'm going to lose 41 pounds by November 14th. So let's just do the math on that really quick. Yeah. Uh, so what is it? It's May. So it's six months from now. Is that right? Yeah. So how many pounds a month is that? Let's see what's uh I'm so tired. I'm going to just get my calculator because <laughs> 40 divided by six. That's six pounds a month. That's not unreasonable. That's yeah, that's not, that's not unreasonable. Um, just as, as long as you don't have any extenuating life circumstances that slow you down or get in the way. I mean, what would you say so far? Having gone through this as a second party. I feel myself feeling like uh feeling like some sort of resistance just hearing you like and their promises that they're that noom is making to you that you're gonna like you're like okay i'm catching that wave and by this time i'm i'm supposed to be this way i already i feel myself like clenching like like that's so stressful why why is that stressful for you is it it's because of the things that we've been working on together or is it because of your history with dieting what is it um I think it's like I think what's stressful is that there's a date on it which is not a bad thing at all uh, but that whole date thing makes me it makes me think like well guess you won't be having any fun for six months that's what goes through my head that's my thing Interesting. The other thing I think it sets up that while you were saying that occurred to me is this idea of like, I will achieve this goal by this week, by this date. And if I don't, I fail. Even exactly. Help me, which is quite interesting. You know? Well, and I think that again, that's the mentality of restrictive dieting, right? Yeah. Which is what they're actually saying yeah. that they're not promoting. So I that's mean, how that's triggered you anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I still feel like obviously they're all you can't. Here's your plan, and you can't divert from your plan. Sounds really stressful and anxiety provoking. I just want to go make. I just want to go make a dinner and and make what I want to make, like a nice stew. I don't want to have to be able to get get your cup of broccoli and your chicken bread. <laughs> I'm just I've already just like fuck it. I'm so yeah, hungry, I'm that's why. Yeah, though. <laughs> I know. I'm so oh, hungry, that's why I'm like, I'm hungry, it's a Friday night, and I'm just like, ooh, Friday night. Oh fuck it. Oh no, the weekend itis. Don't do weekend itis. I'm like I'm like at a grocery store right now. Andrew's birthday, it's his birthday weekend. I've been asked to make one cupcake and not not more. How do you make one cupcake? Do you make a mug cake? Well, I could. I was um, I was thinking about just. So I found a recipe for two cupcakes, and on Pinterest. So I was thinking about doing that. Or I'm at a store, so I might just go buy a cupcake. And by one, I mean two. One for me and one for him. Yeah. Okay. In the light of the global health crisis, we are offering the option to try new for less than a dollar. Money shouldn't stand in the way of finding a plan that finally works. So choose an amount that you think is reasonable to try us out for two weeks. 
It takes us $18.37 to compensate our new employees for the trial, but please choose the amount you are comfortable with. Ooh, that's some subtle shade, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, like if you give less. I'm going to give you the tip amounts on the bottom of a bill now. Have you seen that? Where like it'll come Here's what 15% of your bill is. Here's what 20% of your bill is. Don't be shysty. You know, that's, that's some subtle shade. That's interesting. Yeah, oh, I think for Mark sure. Actually, 1837 is the most popular choice. See, and I actually almost felt compelled to do it. I was like, oh, I'm going to push 50 cents because I'm a jerk. All right. Your personalized plan has been reserved for the next 15 minutes. Save your profile now to claim it. And now they're asking me to buy in. So that, I mean, that was a pretty long sales process. Yeah. It's a pretty automated series. And it's interesting because um, I guess it was probably six or seven years ago now, 24 Hour Fitness, they came out with this new thing for trainers um, called the FTO, the Fitness Something Orientation. And they did literally this. It was a series of screens that forced the trainer through a series of questions that they had to ask their clients that were more focused on behavior change. And I was like, ha, 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 interesting. Because when I brought it up to them nine years ago, um, about doing something along these lines, you know, it didn't get very far. They were like, oh no, we don't need to do it. We didn't ask all those questions. We're just going to set a five day a week plan. And this is, they're going to be in the gym five oh days. Oh my God. We do. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I mean, I was just some peon trainer though. So who cares? And I'm, you know, it's not like I'm somebody super mega famous now, but I'm just saying like, this has been an interesting evolution of the mentality behind fitness and health. And it's really good to yeah. see. Wow. So they've got this next page in that says fair trial disclaimer. This is quite interesting. And this is a really good way of trying to encourage people to commit to logging into the app. This is now an issue with PN as well because they don't send um, daily emails out anymore. They don't have, I mean, now you can make push notification through the app that they're uploading, but you have to manually turn it on. There's a bunch of issues there. Um, they're saying if you if you can't commit to spending five minutes a day using Noom, don't do this because we don't want to take your money if you're not going to use our service, essentially. Like it's worded a little bit kinder than that, but it is that. Like if you're not going to put the time and energy in, don't do it. If you can't commit to doing yeah. this right now, <laughs> it's funny. I literally had this conversation with a client this morning where it was like, let's reassess goals because if you don't have the, the time or the energy or the priorities at the moment are shifted not this and that's cool but we should pause because you shouldn't show up every week and say oh well I didn't do any of the things yeah <laughs> like that just means this isn't working right now and that's okay yeah but you've got to be able to commit the time no matter what the program is you've got to put the effort yeah nobody can change it but you and I think this is one of my concerns with any app is that the app's never going to do the things for you you still have to do the things there mm-hmm. is no magic pill or button or app or anything you have to put the work in to do the change. So no matter how good anybody gets at programming an app to encourage you, you still have to show up. Yeah. Well, that's actually, I like that. I think that's good. That they've put yeah, this. I agree. Okay. And then, oh, now I have to put payment information in. So that's fine. Because like, I actually, <laughs> this is, I don't know how many other people do this in my industry, but I actually have a budget for this in my um, business expenses. You're such a Virgo. I love it. <laughs> love it. <clears throat> mm. 
And this was what makes you the best oh. around. Oh, I have to have their cookies. How am I going to lose weight if they give me cookies? <laughs> Sorry, that was so vain. That was such a dad joke. No, I love it. I love it. You accept cookies? I do not. Low carb, you asshole. Well, I mean, and here's the thing, like, again, like I said, low carb works for some people. And, uh, and again, you know, this is definitely going to ask me to count calories. Okay. Um, oh, this is what there's a group. So they're actually using group motivation here too, which makes sense. I'm not, I'm not putting a photo in it either. How does this look? So this could be like potentially really bad for someone like me who's trying really hard to get away from counting calories. Yes. And I actually was waiting to get to the point in here where, um, we talk about this calorie counting thing again, because for you specifically, we moved away from calorie counting because it was sabotaging a lot of your other efforts. And calorie counting is not a bad system either. In fact, it's really, really important to understand the amount of energy you're taking in. And it can be a useful like period of time in your life to understand that, <clears throat> but you shouldn't have to live that way forever. Like periodically, if you need to go back and yeah. check your portion sizes and make sure that you're not getting scope creep of just like, oh, wow, I just really love macaroni and cheese. And that's only half a cup. Woo. You know, like, and it's actually, uh, uh, like, you know, those are the kinds of things where periodically going back and tracking portions is important or calorie counting is important. But for you specifically, you had been religiously beating yourself. Like it was self-flagellation with calories. And so we decided to move away from it, but that doesn't mean it isn't effective for other people. And this is such yeah. a critical thing. I really yeah. like, I just want to say it again, because I'm not here to dog on Noom or say Noom sucks and it's not the thing to do. I'm saying like, what does it actually do? How will yeah. it help you? And is it really tailored enough and specific enough to keep you motivated when inevitably, if you're using motivation instead of behavior change, tactics and things like that to, to actually change your day-to-day -day habits, how sustainable is this going to be? How is this going to be any different than another app? Um, yeah. So, you know, I think so far it's hitting a lot of the common buzzwords and buzz points in the the new world of weight loss, which is let's work on the whole of you and not just the food that you're eating. Um, yeah. You know, it's got some lessons now. So that's the next thing. And I think what we should probably do is all, I'm going to commit to using this for a week and maybe we'll do it like a section two on what oh, that'd be good. I like that over the course of the week. Um, just to see, because I actually, you know, I had downloaded the app before, but I hadn't actually gone this far through. So I think it'll be interesting to go through it and kind of compare notes because if it is a valid tool, it might be a really cost-effective way for people who can't afford one-on-one -on -one coaching or don't want to go down the one-on-one -on -one coaching road to take some of the steps towards this because it's all learning. It's all potentially useful. Yeah. Calorie counting is useful. Um, you know, keto is useful. It teaches you a lot about how your body uses energy if you do it for a little while. It may not be ideal and healthy or sustainable for most people, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean it's bad, which is hard for me to say because I personally really hate keto. But that's those are my feelings and not my professional advice. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's for me, keto is like hellish. It's just a hellish 
terrible way to exist for me. You could have just eaten balls of bacon and cheese. I don't even like those things. I I struggled really hard on keto. But again, this is part of what I I like to do is I do these experiments, you know, and I figure out for myself, like, oh, this is what happens when I do this. And when I'm just vegetarian, I'm always hungry and and I gain weight. Even though you're supposed to lose weight when you're a vegetarian, that doesn't work for me. And it does work for other people. And this is the point, right? This is the point that I think why precision nutrition is so, was so groundbreaking when it came out. Um, with their coaching platform and with their um, methodology, because it really does encourage you to explore your own thing. And I'm not, this is not a paid advertisement for precision nutrition. This is just like, this stuff has been around and it's been starting to really permeate other people's thought processes. And it's really great to see. Yeah. Yeah. And it isn't the only way to do things and people will iterate and do it better. I'm sure at some point in the future, I'm not like, you know, saying there's only one way to do it. That's the whole point. There isn't one way to do it. There isn't. It works. So, you know, I don't know if this is... Yeah, just because... For new just Just because... Just because someone also something you you talked about early on was like just because something worked in the past for you doesn't mean it's going to work for you now, and that's okay because you've grown and you've changed. Hopefully, hopefully, people have grown and changed in a good way. Or maybe you've gone backwards in some places and you need something more serious or extreme, and that can be the case too. It's not always linear forward progress, and I think that's a big misconception. This is why I think the idea of looking back at your ideal weight can be can be dangerous because you may not like yeah, especially if you feel like I I can't I can't say oh here's where I was at my ideal weight because in my head my ideal weight is a certain weight obviously and I remember being way below that weight and I remember being like a little over that weight but I was never at that weight stable like at all stable for like even six months. Yeah. And we do talk a lot about how maintenance is a win as well. You know, like, because after you lose the weight, what do you do? Yeah. You have to be able to then maintain it and maintaining it isn't the yeah. same losing it. And so if you don't learn that middle ground, of like, these are the habits that sustain my weight. Then what happens is you end up going back to the old habits because now you don't have to do the, the new things anymore. And that's the yeah. yo-yo cycle. <laughs> like that's, that's where it's born is, Oh, I yeah. diet and I lost a bunch of weight and now I don't have to do it anymore because I reached my goal and now I can go back to doing <laughs> or doing the thing I used to do. And then you start the cycle again. It's like, oh, well, it's okay because I'll just yeah. go back to the beef diet and I'll lose it again. But it's like- That used to be the promise. Like do your slim fast for like six months and then you can be normal again. Right. Thankfully, we've moved on from that, hopefully, for Thanks. the most part. Well, let's, let's hope. Yeah. So I mean, let's- Let's call it there and I will okay. per week. I encourage you to if you want to experiment with it to go through and do it. I might. Cool. I might just for fun. Um because I am curious. I guess I should, you know, learn things about things before I comment. <laughs> with the exception of certain things. I will not listen to Justin Bieber. I will comment on his music uh, as I see fit from the 30 seconds I listen to him. Oh, I just got a text from them saying I will learn more about noon coaching, including the option to work with a one-on-one coach for more guidance and accountability at no extra cost. That will be interesting to explore. Like, how are they managing? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. 
All right. Let's well, follow a deep dive. Yeah, I hope everybody enjoyed kind of going through this process with us. Um, I know we didn't actually reach any massive conclusions, but if you've been listening for a while, you should be used to that because I'm not a come to a massive conclusion kind of person. So <laughs> that's why this is a podcast and not a one-off book. Well, I look forward to nooming for a week. Let's see what happens. Noom it up. Noom it up. Magically start losing a bunch of weight. I don't know. Probably not. Magically. Yeah, my magic wand. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. I hope uh, you learned something or you were encouraged or discouraged to try Noom based on whatever you felt about the intake process. Now you know what it's about. So you can make your own mind up. Hey, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. And I hope that today's episode made you think a little bit about how you could apply some of what we're talking about to yourself and your behaviors and let us know if you find any of it meaningful. Make sure to tune in for the next episode where we will continue to have somewhat circular conversations that may be helpful. They will be. They will be helpful. (laughs) It's what you take away from them. The more you know... (laughs) 